welcome back to Advent Next, a place where we hold life and faith discussions with experts and PhD professors about theology, history, culture, and faith. This week, we are continuing our conversation on ecclesiology, which is just another fancy word for rethinking the way we do church. As we attempt to peel away the vestigial appendages of tradition, it's also important to rethink the mission of the church. Often, mission is described in very functional terms, and church becomes a theological battle of how to convince someone to believe exactly how I believe. But what if we adopted a broader view of mission? If the mission of the church is to restore man back into the image of God, how can this be approached with a more holistic outcome in mind? So we're continuing our conversation about ecclesiology, and our last episode we talked about, you know, just some of the ways that we we do church and some of the history behind it um, and some of your history, you know, kind of your story. And today we're wanting to just kind of move forward and kind of really define, well, what do you see the church as? But before we get into that, you know, one of the things you mentioned that was a big part of kind of the inspiration for studying this is the fact that we have a lot of young people who are leaving the church. Mm-hmm. And there's that whole book with David Kinnaman, You Lost Me, really great research. Um, and you get to see different categories of people who leave the church. And one of them is like the nomad and some of them are these different categories. But what we see is that like only a relatively small percentage, and I'm not getting this correct, but it's like 18 to 20% are like actually losing faith Mm -hmm. while other ones are choosing to have a different definition of what church is, where they're not going to the institution, but they are like, you know, finding their own communities, or maybe they're adopting a broader theology to incorporate different kinds of philosophies. So what would you consider the church in, in light of kind of where this generation is moving? Like how can we maybe meet them in their new definitions and, and, and how do we keep the essence of what we need to keep? Mm-hmm. Uh, great question. And, um, uh, I'm here to announce that I have the solution to all the problems yes. and the <laughs> perfect definition of what the church is. <clears throat> so be ready. No, I think that, uh, back to what I shared before, um, when I was having this conversation with a group of young people and do we need the church? Why do we need the church? You know, do you need to go to church in order to be spiritually healthy? And um, I came to the conclusion that we do need the church, but we need to define what church is. Hmm. And I would say for me, church is the congregation of those, the assembly, the gathering of people and the relationship of people around the person of Jesus Christ, Hmm. where being in Christ becomes more and more a reality. Uh, Bonhoeffer, who is a famous famous theologian in the last probably, I don't know, two decades or so, he's become well-known in evangelical circles. He's one of my favorite theologians. And uh, I discovered, I didn't know a few years ago, that he wrote his dissertation. He was 21 years old when he completed his doctoral dissertation. Wow. Uh, yeah. One of those. Wow. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. And uh, he wrote it on the church, hmm. ecclesiology. Uh, the title is Sanctorum Communio, the communion of the saints. Hmm. And he approached the question of the church through anthropology, the idea of... of you know, humanity. And he's saying, um, ultimately, the church is a society. There is, you know, it's a social entity. 
So we need to understand that human beings are also social beings and what it means theologically to think of, you know, human beings socially in Christ. And I think that that was the point of departure for him. I see the other works, uh, uh, you know, that he wrote later on, Life Together, Discipleship, as kind of a, a continuation of that point of departure. Gotcha. And for me, that was deep. Mm. Um, what I am considering, and so let me share a few thoughts, and if, perhaps if we have the time, we'll, we'll share a text from Scripture. Um, I am thinking of uh, approaching ecclesiology the same way uh, as Bonhoeffer did through uh, anthropology and particularly the concept of the image of God. And let me unpack or share why. So um, it was Moltmann, Moltmann sorry, that said that uh, is not that the church has a mission, but the mission has a church. Mm. Okay. To me, that's, I agree with him and I think it's a very deep thought. So um, God has a mission, and because he has a mission, he called a church, created the church as an agency to be kind of his hands and feet and, and join him in his mission. Right. Then the next question, what is the mission of God? So if the church, the, 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 again, the church exists to join God in his mission, and secondly, if the mission of God and the church ultimately is to restore the image of God in humanity, mm. which I think I agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, then I think that this concept of the image of God, Imago Dei, which is not an easy concept for many centuries, even before Christianity, right? Uh, in Jewish circles, Muslim circles, uh, you know, the, the, there's been so much said and, and, and written on this. But it's not an easy subject, but still I think that that could help us yeah. uh, kind of think the church, approach the church through that. Mm. Right. And so let me just say something. I think that we tend to, as I said before in the previous episode, we tend to be very functional, you know, in, yeah. in Adventist circles. I don't want to overgeneralize because generalizations are never good, right? Mm. But I think that the trend has been that. So we tend to think mission in terms of sharing a message and convincing somebody about that message. Mm -hmm. In other words, I come to Max and I say, Max, you're wrong. I'm right. Let yeah. me prove you wrong and show how I'm right biblically. And then dunk me. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So I convince you of that. I baptize you. God bless you. Next. Kendra, you're my friend. Can we talk? And eventually I get to you. I, sh you know, do the same thing. Baptism and next. And so we, we see mission and again, this is a generalization, mm. right. but I, that's what I've seen as a pastor. We measure mission that way, right? We baptize so many, so praise God. And, and of course, I'm very happy when we, we baptize people. Yeah. But I think that if we take this idea of the restoration of Christ or God's image in humanity as the ultimate goal, then, yeah, baptism is great. There is way more to be done, yes. mm, right? Yeah. And so... and. I would add a third if. If part of the image of God has to do, as Bonhoeffer said, with this relational aspect and the character aspect, that can only happen in community. Right. You know, if I say to you, I am the most loving, 
patient, merciful person on planet Earth. And by the way, I live in an island by myself. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to be that. But the moment you start, you know, relating to people and wait until you get married, if you are not married, and then, yeah, you can be, you know, somebody out there, you know, when you stand behind the pulpit as a pastor, oh, you look great. And you say some good things. And sometimes, you know, you preach a decent sermon. So, wow, you know, you impress people. But then, yeah, you get home and that's, you're the real you, right? You have children. I have two teenage daughters. I love them, but pray for me also. I mean, you're going through stages and, you know, how to, and I'm not saying it's all about them. It's about us. Sometimes, you know, you deal mm -hmm. with stress. And, and so through all of that, through relationships, you realize who you really are. Right. And then you realize that you cannot change some things, you know, on your own. You need the power of the spirit. But community is kind of the lab where you see who you really are. That's true. And so it's so much easier for me to say, you know what? I've been going to this church, but I don't like these people. And the pastor treated me the wrong way. So I'll move to the next church and the next church and the next church. And then maybe I leave church. Mm. Again, I'm not saying that, you know, switching or going to a new church is wrong. No, I'm not saying that. But it could be that sometimes maybe God is leading you to a certain community because that's what you need. Right. That's the mirror that you need to see who you know, who you are. Mm. And I think at the same time, when community around Christ happens, the more it happens, it's something that everybody wants to belong to. Mm. Right. A place where you are accepted, where you're loved, where you see others. And Bonhoeffer talks about this, that, you know, I can relate to, to you this way, just horizontally, and it's just a social connection but I should, as a Christian, relate to you, not like this, but through Christ. Yeah. And that's powerful. So I don't come to you this way. I come through Christ. And that means, you know, it could be confusing for some, but what it means to me, at least, is that, you know, when I come to Christ, I realize who I really am, mm. my need for transformation. I can point things at you, but I come to the cross, I come to Christ, I realize, hey, who am I to point fingers at you? You know, I'm a sinner too. Yeah. And then I begin more and more through the Spirit to see you through Christ's eyes. Mm. So then it's different. It's completely different, right? Mm. And that's not doesn't happen naturally, but the spirit begins to work that in us. And then that's, wow, it's all of a sudden we are connected in Christ. He's the center. And that's what I said before. This could happen here. This is not a church building. Right. But if we are more and more around the person of Christ, where we're not just looking at each other, but we focus on Christ and allow the spirit to work in us, things begin to happen. Yeah. And again, I believe that uh, our world is thirsty for that type of community. I think that I think it's true. I think they're thirsty for that community. And I think you said, you know, communities tend to bring out maybe our own selfishness. But I think another part of what this generation, you know, my generation, millennials and generation uh, Z is dealing with is the fact that we are hesitant around toxicity. Right. You know, and toxic communities, mm -hmm. because you know you can be a part of a community, and yes, your 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 patience might be tested, but at what point is this like this is an unhealthy community that is giving me undue stress and burden that maybe I would be better off even in my mental health to be by myself? Absolutely, I yeah. think that the the danger that I see in church, um, I have to be careful how I frame this because I really love church. Right. I grew up in the church. Yeah. But I also think that 
church at times could be uh, the most perfect place to hide your true identity. Mm. And so as long as I do the right things, very functional, I can dress the right way, um, I participate at Sabbath school and say the right things, right? Yeah. Then it's, wow, this is a great Christian. And we're so glad that he's here, mm. he or she, right? And yet, and so for example, as, as a youth pastor and then youth director, I've been involved in, in, in a few mission trips. Mm. To me, mission trips are one of those places where church really happens. You know, yeah. it gets messy. The people that, you know, on Sabbath, hey, how are you? Happy Sabbath, great. You know, <laughs> oh, amazing. Then you start work just one week. <laughs> you start working and, you know, you wake up with, a, you know, you get up on the wrong foot and they say, you know, we need more tools. Where are the tools? Like, this is not working. You do that, you know. Mm. And then at the end of the week, you, you know, you end up crying and hugging each other because you have experienced a different level of community right. that you have never experienced before. That's mm -hmm. true. But it is happening around Christ. We came together to somehow share Christ and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It gets messy, you know, and yet in that mess, beautiful things happen. Yeah. And it's the same thing with family. I mean, who can say that, oh, my family's perfect. We never argue. We never have any differences. You know, if that, if you say that, I'm going to say, well, one of you is a dictator and everybody else <laughs> is just bowing down and, you know, it's never the case. Right. And yet, is there anybody that you love more than your family? Right. Because right. you're, you know, they love you for who you are and in spite of the messes and in spite of all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was listening to a radio program driving one day in Toronto and um, the, the CBC radio, and uh, they were interviewing, uh, I think he's a journalist. Um, the title of the book he wrote, I think, is The, the Peep Diaries. Mm. And it was someone that at the time was not really involved in social media, so he did an experiment. And uh, so he decided to get involved and kind of document it. He was funny and whatnot, but... Um, one he shared in that uh, you know uh, uh, program at the time an experience he started you know uh, contacting people on facebook and having friends right he had his own personal friends like i know max and whatever then more like friends of friends and friends and then you know how it is you have friends that are you never met them met. once or you don't even have, have never met them right yeah so he decided to uh do uh, a gathering at a restaurant in Toronto somewhere and invited his friends, especially those that were not really his friends to mm. see the reaction, right? Mm. So he got like probably 80 or 90 people that responded oh, and wow. says, suppose on Thursday, this date at uh, 8 p.m., we're going to, you know, and on me, I invite, but, you know. So he got excited, right? Wow, 90 people or whatever. This is going to be great. Yeah. See what happens, right? He got there like half an hour before just to make sure, set all the tables, He, you know, then eight o'clock came, eight o five, eight fifteen, wow. you know, and, and something like eight twenty, eight twenty five, one person showed up. <gasps> you know. <laughs> and he was like, What happened here? you know? Yeah. So then he he contacted everybody and 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 uh, said, What happened? You know, you said you were coming. So then, you know, I remember him saying, Yeah, one lady like from Vancouver said, Oh, I never thought this was for real. Like I live in Vancouver right. and this is Toronto and saying, yeah, I'm coming to the gathering. And so, but really what caught my attention was like his conclusion was that, you know, society is in need of this belonging and fellowship. Mm. And yet, 
you know, you know, social media and these virtual communities are not really, you know, the, the, the deepest right. expressions of community. That was yeah. his conclusion. Mm. You can argue with him or, or that's fine. But right. m what I, you know, I came to the conclusion at the time, I really think that it's part of our, our, our nature. We want to belong. We mm. want to be part of a safe community, right. right? And I think that the church should be that community, you know? Yeah. Mm should be the community, ideally, if we're really gathering in Christ. The problem is that sometimes we use the name of Jesus, mm. but we're not really gathering in Christ in yeah. the fullest sense. Yeah. And what I like about Bonhoeffer is that he, he can be very idealistic in his writings, mm. but he's also very pragmatic. When he writes about, you know, like life together, he says, you know, we should not have these our own you know, idealization of mm. what church is. We just come in Christ mm. because we know that it's going to get messy. Right. Right. Um, but to me, that's what the kind of church that, that makes sense. And, and perhaps I can share a text, but I don't know if... if well, it's interesting that you, you mentioned mission yes. because when I've done mission training and I've done mission work in various contexts mm. for various lengths of time, in different places. Uh, when I was doing mission training at Tyndale, one of the things that they kind of told us to expect and which ended up being true is that things do get messy and you see people on like their worst days. They're like, I'm having a really bad morning and like, or, Oh, you're seeing this person's flaws come through. Yeah. Like yeah. they are really not good in such and such situation. Like they don't handle things well yeah. when this kind of thing goes wrong or yeah. mm -hmm. when you give them this kind of task, it's really bad. And you see people at their most vulnerable and sometimes you have to call them out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to get called out on your own nonsense mm. and it's very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very vulnerable and you have to, I mean, one thing about that approaching people in Christ is the idea that you don't come in with expectations of perfection because you being in Christ means you've had to confront your own imperfection, exactly. your own sinfulness, your own flaws. And so you're gathering and like, okay, we're literally this group of people who just really need a lot of help. Exactly. And, yeah. and you, you bind together on that. And one of the things that came up in our mission training that I think was interesting and kind of related to something we might go to is that in Ephesians 4, Paul says, work to maintain the unity of the spirit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's interesting that he uses the, the terminology of maintenance rather than creation. Yeah. He's like, yeah. don't, you don't create the unity of the spirit that is given to you. Like the yes. spirit comes into your midst as you gather around Jesus. You are in yes. that and he is in you. Right. The unity of the spirit is a gift of God. You can't make it by having the right policies or Absolutely. organizing the right way or whatever. It's just there and you have to keep it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I think that uh, another, you know, you can tell that uh, Bonhoeffer is one of my favorite theologians, uh, but because when he talks about community and life together, he says that as important as the communal, you know, um, aspect of community is also the solitude component is, is needed. Yeah. You need both, mm. right. you know, you need times in solitude because that's when you experience that in Christ more and more on your own and that connection so that then I can relate to you through Christ, mm. you know, so you need both. And if I'm missing that component, 
it's mm. going to be impossible. Right. It, you know, my human nature is, even though, you know, Max, uh, you know, thinks I'm perfect and, and, and I kind of, you know, I am kind of perfect to some degree, <laughs> you know, so not true actually, but, you know, by nature, I'm not a loving patient. At some point, I can fake it for a while. Yeah. But unless I am walking with Christ, that is not is not going to happen, right? So I need times in solitude, and then I come to community more and more in Christ, more and, and that happens, yeah. right? Um, let me go to Ephesians 4, because you just mentioned that. So I think that what Paul is saying is that Christ ascended. He, you know, uh, won the battle against sin, and in him we can find victory. And now he empowers the church through gifts and, 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 and these calls to different people to equip. But what for? Not just to have intellectual knowledge so that we mature in Christ to the fullness of Christ. Mm. And especially in the New Testament, the concept of the image of God is tied to Christ. He is the true image, mm. yeah. says Paul as well, right? Some people, if you ask, okay, what is the church? The church is the body of Christ. We have to be careful that uh, an illustration, a metaphor is not a definition in itself. Yes. Right? When right. Jesus said, I'm the door, he didn't mean literally, you know, I'm a wooden piece of, you know, <laughs> with yeah. a doorknob. It's an illustration. What does that mean? So the body of Christ is a beautiful image. It's just an illustration, but it's a, it's a very nice image. The idea of Christ is the head. And if we're connected with him, in him, more and more, he empowers us to bless one another, to groan into the fullness of him. Right. So I see again, I go back to the ifs at the beginning. If really the mission is that, uh, to, to, to restore uh, God's image, then I see this community in Christ as the place, the lab, the, you know, right. the context where that is happening. Mm -hmm. so, but if, yeah. we're, if that's not happening, right. then we need to ask ourselves, how is Sabbath School, Pathfinders, AY, and all of that helping us to go there? Right. Because if it is not, I'm not saying just you know, cancel everything. I'm just saying, well, maybe we need to tweak things but make sure that this is our goal, you know? Right. So so how would you define, like, as far as, like, theologically, when we look at a body of, of believers, you know, um, how how broad can we be in our definitions of what a particular church is and how narrow? Because I feel like that's a something that Adventism is particularly struggling with at this point in time. Like, what are the parameters to how we define it theologically? Because you were mentioning, like, that's that should be a big part yes. of how, how we bind ourselves together. I think that from a very early uh, in the history of Christianity, many thinkers um, dealt with the question of the visible and the invisible church, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we see that way back to even, you know, Augustine and, and others. So, um, and I think that there is room for both, right? I think that uh, if we go too much on the invisible side, then what is that? It's just that, uh, you know, <laughs> the church has to be visible, mm -hmm. right? Especially for the world around us. There has to be a visible community that really represents Christ. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there is that spiritual component 
who can say, oh, this is the only community, the visible thing, and this is it. Mm. Yeah. If we go to that extreme, that's a very dangerous territory for me to go into. Right. Um, Jesus said it himself. He has people all over, right? Right. And I would say even, I'm not, before we were talking about my experience at Fuller, we were talking about other Christians. I would say, I mean, I'm in my own definition or my own thinking, uh, Christ Church is everywhere and other, you know, faith traditions, you know. Who am I to define, oh, you're not, you're outside, I'm inside, right? So I would say it's not an easy answer. I don't have an easy answer to your question. I think that there has to be visible communities, but I would be, I would hesitate to to define by denomination or by this and that or just by functional terms, you know, if we're mm -hmm. preaching the right thing. Listen, in Jesus' time, the Pharisees were, you know, uh, preaching the right things in many ways, and yet, you know, many of them were outsiders at the end, right? So if you have two, oh, sorry, Max, I don't mean to okay. interrupt you, like, but if you have two competing kind of ideas uh, yeah. within members of the church, can that be a unified whole? You know, like when, when you know, some people might whether they're anti-Trinitarian or they're Trinitarian, or like m maybe that might be broad enough or uh, small enough to say, well, as long as we believe Christ is a savior, we can fellowship together. But what if, you know, uh, sure. if, if it becomes more broad in the terms of like salvation and, and who God is, or if he's the only way, like, is there, can there be unity in that? Or is there a point that we need to create parameters and create a separate definition. And that's what happened at Nicaea. Yes. Right. Like that, that was, that was why it took, that's why Nicaea took way longer than Constantine wanted it to, right. was that they were trying to iron out those exact type of issues. Um, and I think like you'd used the, uh, the term earlier in reference to Bonhoeffer of the communion of the saints, yes. right? Yeah. Which is a huge topic straight from like, like, patristic through medieval through reformation theology like that's a huge question and i think what makes it difficult is that we're act, we're dealing with that multi-layered thing with mm -hmm. the church where there mm -hmm. is this this reality that is beyond our ken really that is like something that god sees when he looks at us this spiritual connection that exists through the holy spirit's indwelling in people yeah. that's not something that we can just like look around because like we have good enough glasses you know, like mm -hmm. it's just not there. And so we need these like tangible instantiations of it. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like practically on earth it, from a human perspective is sometimes we have to sit down at the table and have the discussion and vote on policies or have the council mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. gather all the bishops from all over the Mediterranean and be like, all right guys, what is it that we actually believe in in common? That's mm -hmm. actually Christian doctrine, mm -hmm. which is, I think what was happening there. And, yeah. and I think there are limitations. Like, I think there are things that you have to say, like, you, maybe God is working on your heart, but like, that's not what Christians believe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there are other instances where you can say, well, this is an area like we're both within the, the big house of Christian faith, but we do have different emphases. I think that going back to the concept of the image of God, okay, mm -hmm. there has been different positions and still uh, debates over, right? But one of those, one of the earliest is the idea of uh, rationality, 
Okay? Mm-hmm. We are the image of God, reflection of God in our capability to reason and to, you know, our intellectual capability, so to speak. Um, but then there is a, a, you know, a pushback saying, okay, how about somebody that has, you know, special abilities? Then is, is, is that person less of an image of God or less of a Christian, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I say that to say, okay, does that mean that uh, unless I am, you know, I don't, unless I have the perfect right doctrinal knowledge, I'm not in, then you would say, how about the 12 disciples, mm-hmm. right? Did they have the right knowledge the very last minute? They don't even have a clue who Jesus was, <laughs> you know? Well, they had some clues, but they were wrong over and over. But at the same time, I'm with you. Like, should we use that to say, oh, that's a matter what you believe? It, it's all, no, no, I'm not saying that. But I think that we have to be a little bit more flexible when it mm-hmm. comes to thinking and, and theology, especially to acknowledge our limitations, Mm. that truth is always progressive, that, you know, I have certain knowledge so far, but maybe there are some things that I haven't seen yet and and I I still need to see, and yet I can still be in Christ. Um, I read in Galatians 5, 22, where Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, you know, you have the perfect knowledge, doctrinal knowledge, and you adhere to this and that. That's not what he says. Mm. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, those are the things, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Can you fake it? Of course you can. Can you pretend to be a loving and all that? Yeah, you can. But I'm saying, quoting Paul, that's the fruit. That's what Christ wants to do in our lives. And that's why I go back to what I said before. Mission for me is not just about convincing you of where you're wrong and I'm right. It's more like come to Christ and in Christ... There is a new humanity, a new life that is amazing, yet to be discovered, that affects every area of our lives. And that's where I see even the, 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 the counsels of Alan White and the Spirit of Prophecy for me at least, in a new perspective. It's not a, a, a list of rules of do's and don'ts, so then you, you, know, you are in or out. It's more like, listen, once you, you know, accept Christ, mm-hmm. he has, he wants to bring you up in many areas of your life, your family, your, your, your health, but it's not that you're less or more of a Christian because of this. It's more like he wants to, you know, lift you up. And, and, and to me, that's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is another, if I can quote something else yeah. um, from the book, uh, Acts of the Apostles by Ellen White. It says, the church is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men and women, I would add. It was organized for service, and its mission is to carry the gospel to the world. Uh, from the beginning has been God's plan that through his church shall be reflected to the world his fullness and his sufficiency. Mm-hmm. I love that picture. To me, it's yeah. more than just, oh, preach the right stuff or the, the truth. Yeah. It's, it's you bring the gospel through reflecting God. Mm. Uh, the members uh, of the church, those whom he has called out of darkness into his marvelous light, are to show forth his glory. Show forth his glory. The church is the repository of the riches of the grace of Christ. And through the church will eventually be made manifest even to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, Mm. the final and full display of the love of God. Amen. And she's quoting Ephesians 3.10. 3.10, yeah. Exactly. So the idea to me, and maybe I'm, I'm reading into it, I don't know, 
But I think that it, it, it goes in light of what we were saying before. Right. If the church is this community that it in, in, you know, in its relational aspect and components through Christ more and more reflects the beauty of the character of God, then who wouldn't want to be part of that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me to say, oh, I need to go and knock on doors to bring a pamphlet, that's not my passion. Other people are passionate about that, you know. But if I know that somehow... I can help my friend or my neighbor, say Max, and, and, and in some area of his life to grow, to, to improve, that's already part of mission. Mm. He may not even come to church or whatever, but in Christ lowly, it's, you know, the abundant life begins to happen. Yes. So that's where I, I say, well, that's, that's the calling of the church. Amen. Well, mm. thank you so much for being on our show today. I was really glad to have you as a guest. Do you have any last words that you want to share with anybody who's, uh, you know, looking into ecclesiology and, and, and what defines the church? Any last words? Yeah, I think that uh, the, the, something that we've heard many times, but for me, I need to remind myself is, um, you know, we are the church, I am the church where I am. And instead of pointing fingers at the areas where I think the organization needs to change, and it's so easy to do that, to fall into that. Mm -hmm. And we need to be critical in a, in a, in a positive, you know, constructive way. Constru exactly. But I'm thinking this beautiful picture of the restoration of the image of God, I want to experience that in my life. Mm -hmm. The more you experience that, that journey towards Christ, the more the Spirit uses you to build that community where you are. And I think that um, we need to, my appeal would be, we need to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, what's next? Here is you know, our program. What's next? Yeah. We cannot control the Spirit. Mm. And that's the danger of doing church where I control church. Right. But... I want to be there. When Jesus came to this world, um, he was in the margins, right? As a movement. That's how Christianity started. And if that's where, you know, in the last days, the church will happen, I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and be, and be where the Spirit is moving, uh, whatever that, that means. And it may take certain shapes or forms that I'm not ready. I don't know. But eventually uh, let the spirit lead so that would be my appeal Amen. for my life and yeah everybody else any mm. last thoughts max no <laughs> okay <laughs> well thanks again for joining us and hopefully we'll have you on again soon well we hope you enjoyed this week's episode on rethinking the mission of the church we hope it provided some food for thought as you go back and apply this to the context that is most relevant for you we're excited to continue holding these types of discussions as you find your own way to fulfill your god-given purpose in life and remember, whatever platform you're listening on, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. See you next week.